0: Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Alrighty, friends. Welcome back to episode 180 of the Ops Authority Podcast. I'm so excited that you guys have elected to join us today. Again, if you listened to last week's episode, you know what you're in for, but if you didn't, I'm Natalie, the founder of the Ops Authority and the creator and author of the Director of Operations Certification Program. We're so excited to have you here. I have joined arms with some of the most influential people in the space of learning and educating service providers. And collectively today, we're coming together to share our thoughts with you as you continue to build a business as a service provider. We are calling this the State of the Union for Service Providers, and our focus today is really looking forward to 2023. As we lean into this next year for us, we believe that we always have opportunity to Gather and collect ourselves and position ourselves for greatness as we step forward. I believe that every single day for myself and for you. And I feel like at the end of the year or the end of the quarter, we gain an additional piece of momentum. And so I wanted to gather some of the friends and peers that I am in community with that do and have the same passion of educating people just like you to become your next best self through the gifts of your skills and what we're doing. So We are here today to talk about where we can go in 2023 and the things that we have learned that are gonna help to propel us and course correct as we lean into 2023. So today you might gain a new strategy or see a new opportunity that you have been hiding behind. So let's get started with our introductions and then we're gonna hop into the heart of the episode.
1: My name is Sarah Noked and I'm the founder of OBM School. I specifically focus on working with existing online service support providers, virtual assistants, online business managers, who are really focused on scaling their services and leveling up their offers to serve a higher-end clientele. And we do this through helping our clients advance their skills and confidence in our six-month accreditation program as well as those individuals who are entirely new to the online space, but recognize that they are in fact towing a ton of transferable managerial skills. And we work with those individuals inside our three-month online business manager accelerator. And you can find me over at obmschool.com. I think the best part of 2022 for me is that I have made a lot of really great relationships with a lot of awesome human beings in the last year, but I am so happy it's done because it has been a very wild year. And I think the hardest part of 2022 for me was just the mental capacity. And I think the toll of the pandemic as a whole, it just felt very overwhelming in this last year. So I'm happy that it's behind (laughs) (laughs) us-ish.
2: Hey, I'm Emily Reagan. I'm a military spouse who stumbled into freelancing. It allowed me to bring work with me every time we PCS'd. So I started teaching my smart, overeducated, underemployed military spouse friends, a lot of them were stay at home moms, how to do the work that I was doing, which I am coining a unicorn digital marketing assistant because it's just someone who helps with the marketing tactics and strategies and implementation in the business. So I have a school, the Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School, that I am launching in opening once a year and it is really for moms or even virtual assistants who know they want to do the marketing freelance work. I'm having the most fun over on Instagram once I got over myself over there and just rolled the camera and you can find me at PR. And the best part of 2022 for me was I actually had to redo my course and my branding. I had a trademark issue and somebody stealing my old course name. And it was a beautiful blessing. And I got to redo that and relaunch it. And I just had a six-figure launch. I have over 60 students in this live cohort right now learning digital marketing with me. The hardest part has been balancing it all. I am a practitioner, so I still do the client work and straddling, having the scalable business and still wanting to play with clients has been really difficult. And I'm just, you know, walking learning lesson in that.
3: Hey there, my name is Michaela Quinn and I help moms start their freelance business where they're able to earn 3k a month working less than 25 hours a week starting out And I also help connect business owners to the top freelance talent through my hire form. So if you're listening and you either need to hire for you or for a client, hit me up. I have tons of free resources, though, a podcast and my group program, The Live Free Academy. And the best place to check it all out is on my Instagram at Michaela.Quinn. The best part of 2020 for me, like Emily, was we updated our program. So at the very end of 2021, we, I was working and updated everything, rebranded it, relaunched it. And it has been amazing. We added some great support elements for our students. And so that's been great. The worst part, (laughs) this is, I feel bad saying this, but the worst part we, I had another baby. So I now have four kids here and like, the stress from the pandemic and adding another baby and like things in the online world have shifted and slowed and having a baby in the middle of summer during the slowest season for me, man, that was challenging and finding time to do everything. So I'm very thankful for my team that supports me behind the scenes.
4: Hello, my name is Melissa Prolick, and I am a mom, a wife, and also a military spouse And I started this online journey when I left corporate because I fell in love and met my thankfully now husband to follow him across the country for his career. So that landed me in the space of online entrepreneurship, which has ultimately been such a big part of what I'm passionate about now, which is helping women who are also online business owners figure out what their definition of success looks like to them and step further into that CEO role and figure out how to create a more aligned business for them and create a business that supports their lifestyle and not the other way around. So you can find me over on Instagram at melissafroelich underscore biz. That's where I tend to hang out the most or on my website at melissafroelich.com. Kind of hard to spell, but I'm sure the link will be in the show notes. And one of the best pieces of 2022 for me was leaning into my word of the year, which is allow. And just truly allowing myself to figure out what this next version of success looked like for me instead of forcing things, which many of us tend to do who are really high achievers. and The hardest part of 2022 was sometimes really living that and leaning into that word allow. We moved again as a military family for the second time in 365 days. And so although that was hard, it was also tied into the really good parts because it showed me that what I've built in my business was truly sustainable and the business continued to grow and thrive despite having those challenges. So I'm really excited to be here and thank you so much.
5: Hey, y'all. Jordan Gill here. And I run a business called Systems Saved Me. We help mainly service providers and strategists who want to build a life-first business with virtual VIP days. So we have a program called Done in a Day. And I am truly obsessed with being able to take someone's three-month project or monthly retainers and build a one-day version so that they can spend less time in the delivery work and more time being present with their family and friends. So one place you can find us is, again, I would say Instagram. Uh, Again, systems, plural, saved me. I love myself some good reels. My DMs be popping. So apologies in advance if it takes me a hot minute. But I do love to DM. I do love to do reels. That's kind of my jam. And I would say the best part of 2022 was, you know, after about two and a half years of selling one thing, (laughs) which takes a lot of discipline, (laughs) is that I've been able to play with new offers, which has been really fun. Not to say that, that I, you know, obviously don't like my program done in a day anymore or anything. But after the discipline and the focus... After two and a half years, it felt like I got to kind of pop out and have some ideas and and some visionariness, I guess. And then it's also allowed us to take a hot second on the program side to revamp and rebuild instead of continuing to sell and revamp at the same time. So that's been super beneficial. And then the hardest part of 2022 was team dynamics. (laughs) You know, I love having a team. I truly, truly do. And I would say probably the biggest takeaway of 2022 is when hiring, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. I'm going to leave it at that. So I'm excited to be on the podcast and excited to share all the fun stuff that's been going on.
0: Thank you, ladies, so much for introducing yourselves. I can't wait to dive into this. All righty, we're gonna kick off this episode with the question, what do you think the market is demanding from service providers as we go into 2023? We talked a little bit about this in our last episode, so if you didn't catch it, make sure to go back to episode 179. But we talked in our last episode about what it looked like in 2022 knowing and believing what we think is going to happen in 2023, Jordan and Sarah, I'd love to hear what you guys think the market is going to be requesting from service providers as we step into this year.
5: Yes. So I think overall from service providers, people are wanting to hire folks who are tracking their expertise or tracking the measurement of their success, I think that it is going to be tougher for people to just have like task oriented positions where it's like, okay, I check off the box in Asana and that means I'm doing a good job. I, again, I'm not, I'm not like a, a total black and white thinker, but I think that those days are becoming numbered of just like, cool, you did something, you checked it off in Asana. Like I don't <laughs> de do. I think service providers are going to be held to a bit of a different standard of, You need to tell me why it is that I am killing the game because of what you're doing in my business. Like, what are the things that you are actually bringing to the table, you know, on a monthly or, or however long basis. And so whatever that tracking is, right. So for example, social media, it's no longer like that great for you to just post things on my channel, like, cool. You know, my eight-year-old bonus son probably could do that, right? I need you to think through how is this piece of content going to bring me leads, prospects, marketing opportunities, authority. Like, you got to give me something, y'all. So I think whatever service you are providing, it is extremely important that you are tracking the success of your position because you are going to get asked from your clients What's the bottom line? What do you bring into the table? Right. And you cannot say, I'm checking off everything in Asana or I'm posting on social media. That's no longer a result that people are going to be okay with. So, tracking, 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 whatever your space is, even ops, right? So, for example, um, I love to give this example for ops people. Trina on my team is amazing. Number one. Number two, one of her KPIs is the measurement of her. T- being able to say yes to marketing opportunities for me. So for example, we get inbound, right? So when Natalie comes and says, hey, we want Jordan on this podcast, does Trina have the ability to know that I of course wanna be on this podcast versus something else that's coming my way? So at the end of the year, and I just did this for her, we listed all 50 plus marketing opportunities that I did in 2022. And I said, I liked this one, I didn't like this one, or I enjoyed myself on this one, I didn't enjoy myself on this one. And not surprised, she did an excellent job this year. I think I only had two quote unquote bad experiences out of the 50 that I did. And so that is a, a KPI or a result that we can say for her because she's in my inbox. She is determining where I show up. And so instead of it just being you know 24 hour response time, which is also a good metric, right? Or things like that. It's like, how are you benefiting me? She is able to say yes or no to opportunities excellently so that I can show up and have a good experience and do things that are going to bring me clients, leads, whatever, whatever, right? And so we're constantly refining that. So I wanted to share kind of a marketing one with social media, an ops one, kind of an inbox handler, but service providers, we got to track your success and you got to share your success. I love when my contractors say, hey, here's a list of all the things and benefits that me being on your team has done. Love it. Bring me all of it, Okay. So if you're not doing that, how can you do that? Because that's what people are going to be looking for in 2023.
1: Oh, Jordan, it's like literally music to my ears. This is Sarah here. And that so resonated with me because key performance indicators and KPIs around team is something that I personally struggle with. And I have a very hard time being like, how can I best evaluate what this person is bringing into my business? So absolutely hands down, that is such an incredible thing to have top of mind is what's the return on value that I'm giving my clients? And how can I really highlight what that is? And the other thing that I will add just as a tip, just piggybacking on on what Jordan was saying is that also when you bring the KPI, when you bring the value to the table, you also have have to have an expectation that they are going to live up to their end of the bargain. Because I think in the past when we had We had sort of briefly touched on this, that it was, in short, a lot easier to be an entrepreneur a couple of years ago, that they could kind of get away with putting stuff on the team, loading up Facebook ads with lots of money to Mark Zuckerberg, and then like going off on vacation. Well, now, and I say this to my OBMs all the time, you know, you really have to lead the client in having them understand that, well, now that they have another five hours of their day freed up because of the services you've provided, well, now how can they go and make the best of that so that together you can push the business forward? And it's such an important thing, the leadership. So for me, I would say leadership. And we had touched on this last week in the podcast, the first series, when we talked about, Emily had brought up emotional intelligence, Matt you had brought up strategy. Jordan's been talking about critical thinking skills. I really think that these are the things that are going to come to the forefront and the things that you're going to have to really level up and lead with. And it's all about really being a leader. It's about owning your own intuitive sense when it comes to working with the client. Does that client resonate with you? Does their business resonate with you? These are the things that are going to really make a big difference for service providers. And also when it comes to, you know, what the market is demanding, I think it's leadership. I think it's strategy. I think it's critical thinking. I think it's going to the client being like, these are the KPIs that you're going to be measuring me on and not the other way around. And I think that, my friends, is what's going to help us and this next generation of service support providers really stand out because there's a lot of software out there. There's a lot of bright, shiny objects, but this ain't going away. The done for you isn't going anywhere. So we just need to really step it up. And we can, and we have everything to do that with.
0: Oh, ladies, y'all got me on a, (laughs) right on the precipice of having a good rant right now. You know, I was in corporate for 15 years and a lot of people have some bad stories about being in corporate. It was one of the greatest blessings of my maturation as a professional. And of course, I took away some really hard, annoying stories and I took away a lot of great things. The number one thing that is not tolerated in corporate if you wanna continue to have a high performing or stay in a high performing role is reporting. And when I came to the online space, guys, y'all wanna know how I was able, and I don't even love throwing numbers around, but people were like, how did you make six figures in six months? You know how? I used the exact same principles that worked in corporate and I transferred them into the online space. I had reports, I had a defined process that I was able to communicate effectively. Yes, I have chosen poor partners and poor clients, just like you guys have. But when you have a process and I'm able to go into a discovery call and say, this is what I promise you. So I have a promise. I know what my deliverables are and I've got the process and how I'm going to achieve that. That person knows if they want me or if they don't want me right? So I protect myself going forward. And yes, I'm always flexing this muscle and getting better at who is right and who is wrong to work with. So I'm not going to say that you can like, you know, snap your fingers and get that all right. Again, you're testing, testing, testing. But if you have those things, you're able to create a report. I can promise you that if you did not have a report in corporate, you don't. Like you are not there because they wanted to know what your value was. Reporting is the simplest way to do it. And online service providers aren't doing it. I beg, I plead. I have created dashboards to give away to our students to just use them. If you want to always be in a place where you can demand more, command more, have a higher seat, you know, be retainable show your value and you can do it through reporting. Yes, this is a soapbox that I easily step on all the time. The other thing I would say as we're talking about things that are going to be required from us service providers, reporting, 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 reporting. Okay, I think I beat that one down. I think I had some friends here without even planning this in advance who agree with that. You know, as someone who pays hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to a team, when they tell me what they're doing, it is easy for me to trust them to move forward with bigger and greater projects, more authority, leadership, et cetera. So I want the same for you guys as your people are looking to pay you. You want an increase in pay? Show them what you're doing. Most of the time, it is impossible for me to keep up with everything that people are doing inside of my business, whether they're a contractor, an employee, full-time, part-time, it doesn't matter. Everything is robust, right? Every business, big or small, It's robust, it's made up of many, many pieces and parts and just show your value. Please, as you step into 2023, if you get out there with a promise, with a process, with set deliverables and you actually deliver on them, I can assure you that you're gonna be in healthy partnerships, you're gonna find the up-leveling, whether that's money, time, role, whatever you're looking for, it's gonna come to you. It won't even have to be that hard. It won't have to be complicated as you may make it in your mind today. The other two pieces I want to add to this are case studies and testimonials. Make sure that you are getting those. I know a lot of us here are working with people who may not have ever had a business in the past. And one of those fears that comes up in their mind is, well, how am I going to get started? Who's ever going to trust me to be a project manager if I've never been a project manager for course creators before? We spend a healthy amount of time talking about the traits and the skills that you have That are transferable. That's how you're going to get your first client because you believe in your own project management. You have project managed your whole life, right? That's what's going to get you in the door. And then please get those case studies. When I say case studies, create a document that tracks how you've been able to affect the business. And that comes back to the KPIs that that both Jordan and Sarah were talking about. If you track those, it's easy to put those inside of a document to show. And I call that a case study. And then testimonials are always so impactful in building your authority and, and the way that you deliver. All right. I'm going to simmer down. Maybe I can't even promise you, but I'm going to simmer down for a second. Let's move in to what kinds of services are needed more now than they were even a year ago. And Michaela, I'll let you dive into that.
3: Yeah. So I want to just kind of start by saying that I think all services are always needed. Every business is going to need the same sorts of things. And so if you know, going into this, we don't touch on the thing that you're offering. Don't be like, oh shoot, I need a change. No, know that this is coming from my own perspective and like the place that I'm in and how I view the service-based world. But I think a service that is needed now more than ever is marketing for traditional brick and mortar local service-based businesses. I see that they're realizing, oh, I need to be on social media. I need this. I need a better website. I need stronger copy or whatever it is, but I don't know how to do it. They're going to want someone to come in, help them do it. But like the other lady said, you're going to need to have that reporting to show them why they need to retain and keep you on retainer moving forward. For example, looking at this, I've been looking into this past year, I needed a chiropractor for my son who was not sleeping. I reached out to people and I asked for recommendations, got some recommendations, went to Instagram to kind of search them. Some of these people didn't have Instagram feeds or if they did, they were super like male corporate, like outdated 2000s kind of branding vibe. So all these recommendations I got, I was like, nah, no. So then I Googled infant chiropractor, Kansas city. First person that popped up, they had great SEO, went to their website, didn't speak to me. Second person that popped up, went to her website. And I was like, oh my God, she specializes in infants and moms and maternal health. Okay, cool. Then I went to her Instagram. She had an active presence. She wasn't posting 24 seven, but she had some relevant content there. That process is how I think a lot of people are making decisions of where to spend their money whether it's a contractor, whether it's a home contractor or a restaurant to go to, how are people making those decisions of where to spend their money and where to go? And then that is something where if you're wanting to look with those local businesses, you can look at these businesses that you frequent. Do you see a need for your services or what you want to offer that you can directly pitch them and say, Hey, I see that you, you have a great updated website, but You're not on Instagram and talk to them about that buying cycle, what the process people are going through, and then pitch them that specific thing to help them get set up or just start going to those networking events and talking about what you can do for those businesses and remind them, Hey, this is what people are doing. Do you have these things set up? If not, here's what you need to do. Providing that value is going to get them like, Ooh, I do need to do that. I don't know how to do that. I don't have time. Can you do it for me? And you're going to be like, absolutely. Absolutely.
4: I love this so, so much because I mentioned in the introductions that we moved two times in the last 365 days. So there are lots of things you have to reestablish every time you move like a hairdresser and a dog groomer and on and on and on. How do I find these people? I look on Instagram and exactly what Michaela is talking about. It's so amazing how many people aren't utilizing the presence of social media. And so a heck yes to all of what she said. I just wanted to like come from the consumer perspective there. So what I'm seeing, and again, I love that Michaela set it up in terms of every service is needed, but this is just what I'm seeing in my world. I'm seeing three things. People are looking for solid implementers. And what I mean by that are people who are going to come into their business and are looking for long-term commitment. They're aligned in terms of values. They're excited to do the work. They are going to show up in terms of, here's how I'm making transformations. Like Jordan's talking about, they're looking at the impact that they're actually making on the business. I think that entrepreneurs are looking for that type of relationship, but really that long-term. Conversely, I also see that entrepreneurs are looking for VIP days and quick wins right? in specific areas. One of the examples that I'm hearing a lot with my clients, like podcast launches or some type of marketing strategy. They need somebody to come in and get this idea executed quickly because time is of the essence and they are willing to make that investment because they see the value in that. So that's another one that I'm really, really seeing. The third thing is the strategy and consulting piece of it, because there are a lot of established businesses that maybe have a team and they're not entirely sure how to leverage them to the best ability, right? So if they can get access to a consultant or somebody that is a strategist to help understand what's the best path forward, because they love their people and they have that alignment piece. They just aren't maybe operating at the highest level of efficiency. So again, there's probably a good chance that you fall in one of these three areas, but I think we tie that back to the value of the service that we provide. Why is this so important? Going back into the confidence piece and being able to speak to that in your messaging, right? So really believing in what service you provide and understanding that there is going to be different needs for different people. But there's plenty of room for all of us out there. There are so many new businesses coming on. So keep going is really the other piece that I just want to drive home.
0: Thank you, ladies. There is no wrong way. And I think that's what we're all saying. There is no wrong way. If you dive into what you feel the most passionate about, what comes the easiest to you, that's always the place where you're going to thrive and shine the greatest, right? When I started as a service provider, I leveraged my project management experience and I quickly moved into something called the strategic mapping model. And I remember people looking at me like, sis, you're crazy. What are you talking? Oh, you must come from corporate with those words, right? And I did, and I, I saw nothing wrong with them, but the market around me was saying like, uh, educate me more because I really don't know what in the heck you're talking about. So I created a space for myself Because I became a committed advocate of the knowledge and the skills that I knew I had. And I shared them with anybody that would listen. As I was doing that, they came back to me curious. And then I was able to grow. And it really came through advocating for my knowledge, advocating for what I was really passionate about. So whatever it is that you're passionate about, you can make it happen for yourself. Of course, that means that you're going to have to be nimble. You're going to have to find the people that that want to listen to you and you're going to have to test, test, test. We talked about that at the end of the other episode, but specific services in my environment that people are looking for always project management. They may be building a team of people who are implementers, but they need the next level up, but they don't need a visionary and a strategist. They need people who can rise above, who can, as they say, you know, gather the herd, right? They need people who will create the project plan and manage the project plan because typically our CEOs are visionaries and do not have the greatest skills when it comes to project management. So this is a core skill. I bet most of the people who are listening to this podcast have and they underestimate it. So I spend a lot of my time helping you guys to see how your innate skills can be leveraged and used and monetized. And project management is, I'm just putting another little dart in the bullseye for you and telling you, you got that. If you can see that for yourself, I promise you it doesn't matter the type of business the scale of the business everybody needs project management whether that is you know full time and all the time or whether it's just for we just we're having an event in a couple months now and we just hired an event manager to project manage the event. My team is at full capacity. So we hired an independent person to come in and to do that. So it doesn't have to be an all the time in the business. that You can really create the business for yourself. The other thing, and I'm never going to stop saying that, as more small businesses come into market, into the market, the greater the need for human resource support, okay? And the great thing about human resources is that you don't have to have a long time pedigree in human resources, right? This is something I don't have a degree. It's probably my strength is the greatest strength I have in running the business I have today. It's the place where I have been of greatest influence in the people that have trusted their businesses with me. Human resources is, you know, I say it's a combination of soft and hard skills And every single person needs that inside of their business when they get to a particular place. And so that's another thing that you can have as, you know, put it together in an offer that works best for you, whether that is consulting, whether that is one-time projects, whether that's hiring, whether that's building a culture, We're seeing that expand, especially in those businesses that are over $3 million in top line revenue. Once they get to about $15 million, it's a requirement for them to be able to continue in their businesses to have a thriving HR leader. And so depending on your market and your skills, just know that if you have the gift of leading people, of creating really, really clear I mean, HR is huge. There's like 13 different facets to it. So I'm not going to cover all of those, but takeaway, project management, human resources. If you've got specialty in either of those, I believe that those are going to be emerging as these small businesses continue to scale at even faster rates by leveraging digital marketing. All right. What is the best way for service providers to get visible? And I know this is one of those that it's like, there's no one right way, but I know Emily and Jordan are fantastic at teaching this and talking about it. So I'd like for you guys to take that question. What are the best ways for service providers to get visible in 2023?
2: Okay. Hey, it's Emily here. First, I can't wait to hear what Jordan says, but I'm glad I get to go first. (laughs) Like cackling over here. Okay. Marketing is hard because we're entrepreneurs. We're happy behind the business. And yet we have to give ourselves options down the line. One of the mistakes I made when I started over 10 years ago was not marketing myself. I had plenty of work, but I just didn't have the vision of where this could be. We don't always know that. So we have to kind of make steps to grow our brand awareness and and like show up on social, have the website, do those things eventually. Now, when I teach my unicorns, I'm like, you can get started doing the services quickly and build that later, but you do need to show up for yourself down the road. And it's easy to look at someone's social media and feel very intimidated and less than and insecure. And like, you're not doing it good enough and you should be doing all of these things. And I know you touched on that, Natalie, but here's the thing is social media is ideal people who really have scalable offers. When you're a service provider, if you're playing on social every day, I might be slightly judging you, like I did all the PR people 10 years ago who played on Twitter, that you're not actually working. Like, Get it out there. Be concise with your message. Play around with it. But you can show up minimally there. Just make sure you're there so when people are stalking you out, like Michaela talked about, you have a presence. You look like you know what you're doing. And if your services are about something... Specific, you better be rocking that world. Like if you build Squarespace websites, you better have a Squarespace website. That's when it gets really, really important. So I just want to put in my world, social media, second, you know, tertiary here. It is not like the end all be all. It can be great for peer networking, for people seeing you, keeping top of mind. But what's really going to move the needle is your network. People need to be shouting your name when you are not in the room. They need to be tagging you saying, you need to go to Jordan you need to go to Melissa, you need to go to Michaela. And that's how you're really going to build a brand outside of, you know, dancing on reels or whatever. And there's no shame in that. I totally do that. I do a little more, I do a little more pointing, less dancing, but occasionally you might see a wiggle, but it's the network. That's what's powerful there. When people can refer you and talk about you and connect you to other people, like that gives you the credibility. Like you'll be in these Facebook groups, then people will say, Oh, I need someone who does this. And you, it will, the post will blow up. But if you have three, four or five people just saying your name, like I've seen Michaela's name all the time. And some of the Facebook groups were in like, that's, what's really powerful here. So how can you do that? I don't know if you read the book, like bucket dipper bucket filler with your children, but it starts with you referring other people. You like You filling up other people's bucket and like naturally becoming that connector. I think it came naturally for me, even as an introvert, because as a military kid, as a military spouse, I'm always starting over. No one never knows who I am. I always have to build from the ground up. And I like word of mouth is powerful. Yes, I go to Instagram to find a hairdresser, but I'll also ask my neighbor, who should I use? And that's why the network is so important. Sometimes you have to pay to play to be real. To get in the right networks, you can hustle in the Facebook groups. I mean, there's so many ways to do that. But I think networking is just like the fuel to any kind of service provider business. Can't wait to hear what Jordan
5: says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I was like, oh gosh, Emily and I like do a lot of similar things. So yeah, I had a couple different answers depending on what Emily said. But <laughs> 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 just being real. So I want to talk about specifically what I call like curated combos. I've been seeing these pop up a little bit more and they're super fun. What people call them are either like mixers or different types of things where essentially somebody like I could, or Natalie or whoever could curate folks to sit around and talk values and connect and find opportunities together because it's always been important to me to be in rooms of people who take their businesses very, very seriously. I don't like to be in hobbyist rooms or like glam brunches or stuff like that. No hate, no shame. Those just are not things that I'm going to go to because I have a real business. I got payrolls. Okay. I got stuff I got to do. So for me, curated convos are always something that are pretty high on my list of things that I will take seriously. And by me, I mean, Trina, who I spoke about earlier, because I want to be in rooms of people who are serious about their business, who are moving and shaking and innovating. And so if I know someone is going to be curating a room or selecting a room of people to, and it's exactly what it sounds like. It's conversations. Like they'll bring up different topics, whether it is like what's working in your business right now, or how are you overcoming these economic times, or where have you been finding good hires or whatever the topics are. And I can listen to other people's answers and responses and be like, Oh, like we have similar values. And she does something that I will never do. And I don't care to do, but it's going to help my people. Then I'm going to go connect with that person afterwards and be like, Hey, like, I heard what you said here. I really resonated with it. Like, do you want to chit-chat in Voxer or connect over something? Because again, I have no interest in doing what you do and my people do need it. And so how can we find a way to collaborate? And so that can go kind of both ways. Either you find the curated combos to be a part of, which I'm going to be honest, are a lot of word of mouth. They aren't advertised a lot of the times, but on the flip side of that, you can also be the host of the curated combos. And if you're like, I don't know anybody, here's how you go. You can invite the three people you know and those three people invite three people and that can be your first curated combo, okay? So don't let like the, I guess if you don't feel as connected as maybe some other people are, find those few connections and have them bring people to the table, right? And even when I can't make a curated conversation, I make note of like who would be a good fit and I will suggest somebody else to take my place. I've done that several times, right? Of people who I know are going to bring value to the room. And also other people will enjoy connecting with and meeting about whatever that topic is. So I'm saying one of the best ways that service providers can get visible is these curated conversations, whether you are in them or being invited to them, or you're creating them yourself. Jordan, how many of these are you in? (laughs) I'm dying (laughs) to know. (laughs) So many. And I get invited all the time and I like that's one of the things Trina's like, okay, you have three already. Are you going to leave one of these? Are you going to take another one? But I think that they're becoming more popular, which I absolutely love because, because we're growing, it's hard to like know which rooms to be in then at a certain point. Right. So, so yeah, I am going to tear this up real quick
0: (laughs) (laughs) in a good way. A couple thoughts and then a question. And I'm totally a follow through on the Colby and that's the way I think. I'm like, I've got to make all of these things in my head so I can check them before I go to the next one. But my thoughts are, I'm not familiar with this exact terminology, but it sounds like it is a short-term, non-long-term committal uh, mastermind where you can gather
5: information at the same time build relationships. Is that true? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like basically, you know, I guess I'm the done in a day person. So it's basically like a mastermind in a day. (laughs) love it.
0: Love it. And I think that that's really a great, great concept. It reminds me of kind of how I started when people ask, how did you become known so quickly? I, I kind of shared that earlier by having my own intellectual property, by being the leader. But the other thing is I was not ashamed and I was not scared to hop on. I mean, hold your breath, but I would hop on a dozen coffee chats. I mean, Jordan, that's how you and I met. I mean, I would hop on any kind of coffee chat to get to know somebody, whether, and I never went into it thinking, oh, could I do business with them? It was like organically because either I could, or they would become a peer and a friend and we would stay in connection. That's exactly what we do. That's how this circle is built. So as a service provider, Jordan, you know, what kind of, curated conversations what what does the circle look like for our service providers are they looking to have conversations with their peers or are you thinking that this would be most beneficial for having conversations with their prospects or clients that they could be working with
5: yeah so I'll share an example I won't share names but I was invited to an event that was specific around affiliate marketing. So everyone who was in the room was interested in growing their affiliate programs. It was, you know, people who had coaching programs, people who had courses, people who had all sorts of stuff. And so everyone in the room kind of had the same tone of like, we're trying to build our affiliate programs. And so then the questions being asked by the host were... Like, what are the values of the people that you love to have in your programs and courses? So, everyone can kind of different share. Sometimes there's breakout rooms that happen and you kind of like switch around breakout rooms. Sometimes it's small enough to where everyone can talk in the same room. But for service providers, it's like, okay, who are people that either I'm a great referral partner for or they would be a good referral partner for me? And then start to branch out that way is how I would do it because I know business coaches and website designers are best referral partners to send people to me, but I'm a great referral partner for online business managers and Facebook ads people and stuff like that. So I would start to curate that room initially around me and my needs. And then from there really start to say, okay, what are the other values that the website designers, they might need copywriters. So maybe I'm looking for copywriters to be in the room or online business managers are looking for X people or virtual assistants to be able to refer clients to. So I would start with like me and my needs and then I would start to look at, okay, what are the other people in the room's needs and how can I start to select people to come in and and be a part of the conversation?
0: Awesome, I appreciate you breaking it down tactically because that's what I need and that's what I'm sure the listeners need instead of having this be kind of conceptual, because as you were describing it, I kind of even felt like, I mean, Melissa is my partner here, but like I felt the mindset stuff of like, who would I ask? And would I be like, what are they going to say when they get my request? It's not going to be like getting it from Jordan or somebody, right? So I started to do that. And so I just want to make sure that anyone who's listening, she just told you exactly how to make this happen, how to make this a doable thing. Start with yourself. And I wouldn't worry about getting some, Person that you are intimidated by in the room, I would start by just getting them in together, just like I did. Like I sent this request out to 15 people. We ended up with the six that could make it and that could prioritize their time and wanted to be here, right? There are people who never responded. There are people who declined us politely. There are people who couldn't make it for their calendar. But I guess this is a good example of creating. Uh, We all have something similar together and also something very different. So thank you for sharing that. When I think of ways that service providers should be trying to get visible, I'm not independent in my thought because these two ladies have shared something too, but conversations, 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 guys, one-to-one, like I told you guys, I started with coffee chats and I still believe in coffee chats. I believe that you should have one-to-one connection with people. And the cool thing is when I started, I had to do this over Zoom. And today I do this over text. I do this in Voxer. I do this in a you know Facebook Messenger, even though do not contact me there because I will not likely respond. But you know, that's the way that we just have so many modes of developing deeper conversations with people take ownership in those conversations. There's so much fear around asking for it. Who cares? Just ask. There are plenty of people that don't respond to me and there are plenty of people that do. So just go for the conversation. Those become referrals. Those become clients. Those become partners. Really everything comes down to conversation. And then all of the fancy marketing things that we have discussed and that you aspire to have, Those are built on, especially as a service provider. I believe that those come second. Conversations come first. Tactically, I believe that we are all missing the boat. Of course, it depends on who your avatar is, but I want you on LinkedIn. I want you to figure out how to get and create organic, good connection on LinkedIn. I believe that that's a great opportunity that the online remote service provider market is we just didn't show up there initially. We really focused our efforts on traditional social media, Instagram, Facebook, etc. cetera. I think that you guys have a huge opportunity in the areas of LinkedIn, especially as all of these wonderful ladies have talked about the significance of traditional brick and mortar, but you know, offline businesses, they're there. Let's meet them there we're going to wrap this up today. All of us are going to chime in for a second. We'll do this pretty quickly. Share a tip that helps service providers to up-level themselves as we look forward to 2023. I'll start with you, Emily. We'll go Emily, Michaela, Jordan, and wrap it up with Melissa.
2: Okay. I read this book, Atomic Habits by James Clear. I'm sure you all have one of the quotes that really stood out to me was about giving yourself that 10% edge, right? Like that confidence in the skill you're doing. And James said, when you can't win by being better, you win by being different. And he gave you permission to take your skills and combine it in a unique way, which is the essence of my unicorn and why I built my whole business on that. And I want to encourage you to lean into your unique competitive advantage here. That is your best selling point. I talked a lot about the soft skills that you bring to the table will truly make you stand out. I just want you to be proud of that. Own it, claim it. All those smart words
5: Natalie used, yes. I would say one way to, to uplevel yourself in 2023 is getting new rooms. I think that we get real comfortable. I'm talking to myself as well. We get real comfortable in the rooms that we are in <laughs> and we just hang out and just stay and it's nice and it's cozy and I totally get it. I'm a cozy person. I get it. And there's so many rooms and I see people being like, well, I can't find my clients or whatever else. And it's like, okay, you've like squeezed the lemon out of like the rooms you've been in. Like we're done with this. Go find other people, go connect with different people. Like for example, obviously I teach VIP days. And so the obvious rooms are, the copywriters, the website designers, the systems people, all of that. But even this year, I spoke to actually the Military Spouse Entrepreneurs uh, Association, which was super fun. And some other different rooms that I normally wouldn't have like thought of myself, but they came to me and requested. And it was really great. And it was really impactful. And it was really fun. And so I encourage you that if you've been kind of swimming in the same seas, like it's cool. And like, try a couple different ponds, like try a couple different other rooms that still may be beneficial to you. Like if you're not on LinkedIn and you've just been swimming on Instagram this whole time, maybe trying LinkedIn is good. Or, you know, if you've just tried online businesses, then go offline to local. Like, you know, it's come up a few times in our conversation. I really encourage you to kind of up level. You got to get into new rooms. Again, I hate to say like have to, shoulds, all that sort of stuff. And I highly encourage you to try new rooms because the opportunity then is you can really stand out because people are unwilling to be in those rooms. As an ops person, I went to so many events because guess what? I was the only ops person in the room. So guess who got all the clients in that room? Mwah, okay? So that is how you are able to make momentum for yourself and create the opportunities for yourself is getting in those different rooms. A lot of times where you're the only, where you're the few versus where you're the majority, it's harder to stand out that way.
4: Okay. So mine is going to tie back to a theme that I heard come up many, many times, and that's the leadership piece and really knowing ourselves, right? As leaders and looking at our emotional intelligence. And so how do we do this? is by getting to know ourselves more. So whether that is the Colby or whether that is the disc or Enneagram or human design, whatever you are interested in and what you want to explore to know yourself better, do that thing. And what's really amazing is most, all of those things are a very, very minimal investment or totally free. You can consume podcast content, Instagram content. There are so many amazing free resources out there. And I will tell you that that has been one of the single most impactful strategies for me personally in terms of growing as a leader, growing my business, having more confidence like there is nothing but good that will come from that, and it will spill over in so many different ways how you show up and deliver your work to your clients, how you decide what your legacy is going to be in your business, how you navigate hard decisions. How you get in the room and put yourself out there in stretchy situations and get new opportunities, knowing yourself better is going to directly help with that.
3: I love what all of you guys have said. Another thing to kind of think about in moving into 2023 and up-leveling your business is how can you level your skill set and also making sure that you are staying up to date in what's happening in your clients industry but also within your own industry and best practices just pick one small thing that you can improve on and I think kind of tying back to what we said in Natalie's rant here in this episode I think it was brought on was it it was Jordan or Emily with the reporting and the data and the tracking if you don't have that set up yet, for your service, you have to get that set up. If the economy continues to be a struggle and people look at their businesses and what what roles stay, what roles go, what hires stay, or what to add on or cut back on, it's going to come down to what they know and the data.
0: If they don't have that to look at, it's not there. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. I'll wrap us up with the tip that seems so obvious, and most of us don't ever take the time to do this. So I will hop right in here again with one of the key core messages that I always have, which is define your vision and understand your boundaries. Even as a service provider, you don't have to have a big business to have a vision, right? We have a vision. I have a vision for my business. I have a vision for my personal life. I have a vision for my legacy. And I take the time, especially at this time of year, to make sure that I am revisiting that because it recalibrates and it sets me up to have those guardrails as I step into the next year. To take this one step further and something that's very actionable for everyone that's listening today, make a list of your boundaries. You have 365 days of experience in being a service provider what do you like doing? What do you not like doing? Is working nights and weekends completely something that you despise doing? Probably so. Then how do you protect yourself as you go into 2023, knowing that that is going to be a boundary moving forward? I'm seeing right now, hey, I'm wanting to take time off for the holidays. And how do I get my clients to understand this? Guys, that should be a boundary. It should be something that you educate your client on, your leader on, as you take the role. It should be something that you constantly are communicating. Your boundaries, you need to know them. You need to document them. You need to share them. You need to stay in communication on what those boundaries mean to you. And ultimately, when you have boundaries, it allows you to make really clear partnership decisions you know, when you join forces with a client or with a leader. So if you want to up-level, you're going to feel most in alignment whenever you're able to be your best self. If you want to be your best self, you've got to know that you've got to be able to articulate it. So know your mission, your vision, your values, and probably most importantly for those people that are listening today, your boundaries. What is in scope? What is out of scope for you? communicate it frequently, often, and make sure that that is always you know something that you come back to. When you do that, you're free to step into whoever you wanna be. But when you're hiding behind, when you feel guilt, when you feel fear, it's because you haven't taken the time. In my opinion, you haven't taken the time to document it Or share it with the people that are paying you. So we'll wrap up with that. I think you have a lot of tactical advice from this episode as you step into 2023. This has the ability to be a phenomenal year. It may not be the kind of income producing year that you have seen in 2020 or 2021, but I can assure you it's up to you to stay really attuned to good business practices as you build your business. Don't rely on anyone else to give you those business practices. They're up to you. And as you are able to impact other people and clients and leaders and in the businesses that you support, don't forget the most important attention that you're going to give in this upcoming year is to you, your personal health, physical, mental health, but also do the same thing for your business. You need to create a solid foundation for your business as you look to partner with more people in 2023. I hope that this has been really insightful and exciting. It's been so fun for me to have some of the people that I look up to the most that share the same space as me in this conversation today. Thank you guys for hanging out. I hope that the State of the Union has been something that you'll come back to and I hope you've taken a lot of notes and will help you to guide yourself as you step in to 2023. Ladies, thank y'all so much for being here today. It was so fun. And I look forward to just continuing to learn from you guys. Keep an eye on y'all. I feel like y'all are inspiring me as much as I am hoping to inspire the people that are listening to this podcast. Thank y'all so much for being here.